0: Welcome to This Old App, a podcast about learning, coding, smashing stuff together, breaking things apart, startups, failing, winning, and any other buzzwords we can think of. Hey Don, um, this week on This Old App, uh, I want to talk, so people that may listen to CTO Think and This Old App know that I was going through an interview process as i moved to a new city um Kansas not right. and i don't want to belabor the interviewing stuff anymore it's been interesting learned a lot um but i do th- one thing that kind of i found interesting was the kind of technologies that people are wanting to hire me for or talking to me about so I kind of wanted to discuss some of those things I learned. Again, we're not going to name any companies. There's really no reason to do that. And I want to keep that stuff confidential. So we're going to talk on an abstract level. Sure. But, but um, by far, across 30 or 40 different people, recruiters, and companies I spoke to over the last two to three weeks, React is in full force but beyond anything any other technology i talk to anyone about it is now some of that is a product of the fact that i've react on my profiles and resumes and stuff but of any technology i have on my resume and i've got a pretty fat number of tech react is by far the one technology that more people talk to me about um, completely like across the board. And so I guess we can talk a little bit about that in the sense of why is react so dang popular, um, versus the other single page app stacks.
1: Yeah, because, I, because it's that sounds good. It.
0: Yeah. Um, i'll give one i'll start with an example
1: because um, you don't have react in your stuff right i've i've dabbled in it um but we don't have it we don't have it uh, at aspire Edu. actually i think we just added a piece to uh to it so we're, we're slowly adding it in
0: and you may have it soon if you switched to the stuff we do with chasms um for right. the crud so you like that that code is still there by the way but um the uh yeah it's interesting because i'll give you the example of one company that spoke to me they said straight up we are at the we're at the beginning of a project and we are using react and redux and at, at the stage of interviews i'm not really able to challenge people as to why, you know, I can't really go, why are you using that in the first place? Um, because it just, it's such a bad tone for the interview, <laughs> but the, but the, uh, the interesting thing is that that is by, they're not going to use Ember. They're not going to use angular. They're not going to use view. And in fact, I only spoke to one company that, has embraced Vue across all of their front end tech. Sure, They had Ember before and now they're using Vue and they love it. And so we had a discussion about why I like it. Um, and it was interesting that they were, I guess their attitude was react was a steeper learning curve for their people and Vue fit right in where they liked angular but they didn't trust it anymore so Vue kind of represented this fork that gives you both react and angular that was their opinion but going back to the other company they chose react and redux and i don't know why Mm. like they didn't they didn't discuss it but they seemed very set on having chosen react and redux without having a react person on the team and that's what i found really
1: interesting that is really interesting um what so so there, there's a couple things first there so one yeah. a- and 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 obviously you didn't get into you didn't get probably into it but if they chose react and redux and and i want to get back to redux in a second if they chose React and redux without having how did how did they arrive at that um conclusion is 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 the first question i'd have Um, so that's interesting
0: my hypothesis is if you can tell me why certain kids in high school are popular versus others You'll find out why React is winning the choice before developer (laughs) answer. That's all I can think of. Huh. And because I think it's about reading articles online, listening to podcasts, hearing the name a lot. And, you know, Facebook is a monster of a promotion engine. And they're promoting an open source project that they support. Sure. And around that popularity becomes all the startups talk about it. And so then when, if you go to any, if you go to any type of startup venture or talk to anyone in the incubators, they all, they're flocking to all the same direction. They're all listening to the same fiddler. And now let me say, I like react. Like I'm not dissing react at all. I, I, have yet to use Vue for a production level project for anyone. So I've done React about three or four times, and frankly, it works great, fast, does what I need, and I feel like it's fairly easy to maintain at the time I'm building something. The what's really dangerous, I think, is how fast it's moving, where the, the people in charge, Abramov, um, another guy named Clark, last name Clark I think. Um, I feel like their team doesn't understand the need to let some things bake for a while and they've already introduced a new thing called hooks. Right. And I'm like I don't even want to th- I don't want to think about it. Like I want to ma- I want the community to like settle down. On a piece of the technology or on on a convention to build stuff with the technology before they introduce these hooks or this new approach like hooks that I'm like, does this really move the needle for what people need to learn and do? And that's where I feel things are unstable because when I talk to, I'm talking to a different company and they have an old version of a React build. We're talking like a year and a half ago. So it's ancient, (laughs) (laughs) sure. And, and they're like, we want to update everything to use the conventions that are being touted. Now we want to get the, the packages up to date. We want to follow the, you know, use context instead of redux. We want to use uh what is it? A render props for different techniques. And I, I'm thinking to myself, why do you feel the need? It's one thing to say I want to upgrade the packages because the packages are security risk right. if you don't update. Right. But when you say to me that you want to use render props for, uh, you want to start using those, but you don't actually know what they are. You just know that someone has been touting them from the the React team. I'm like, whoa, that's a problem. Because you're essentially saying, I want to use a new hammer just because someone says that hammer's better. But I'm like, you got the same nails, and I bet the hammers are just fine as you got right now. So, yeah, I'm just... It's really... It's been interesting, the various... and This goes from startups to... um mature companies they're buying to react and listening to the react team and their advice is amazingly um loyal they are people are have kind of sunk their teeth into it and i and i'm not saying it's not good to do it it's just more of i've never seen a any particular framework get them as much buy-in across the various maturity levels of a company of companies. Because I used to think that only startups thought like this and you would still have companies that are set up with Ember for years and they'd be like, that's fine. We don't need to switch to a new thing. But I think React has changed the game. I think it's made older companies less prone to risky choices basically buy in and without without the same level of diligence that they used to do with other frameworks
1: yeah and and I there's a couple things in there. so one why is why is it so popular? And then the other thing I wanted to um, pick at a little was, your statement that the the React community and the React uh, leads themselves change React so frequently, um, and is that in in my mind what that brought up is is that a byproduct of the instant on demand culture that 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 exists now, um, as opposed to um your older languages which would they'd release smaller versions over over you know a year period of time and release major re- releases only what every 3 or 4 years um yeah so i don't know if if it's feeding that attention cycle if it, i i don't know a i doubt it's intentional but i i do wonder if it's just part of um, the popularity is that they they are adding things so frequently and changing things so frequently that it keeps everybody's attention on it. Um, yeah. And if your attention is on it, that tends to make it more popular, or at least more noteworthy. Um, so I, I I do think that's a part of it as well.
0: So I'm gonna or I'm gonna actually. Argue against myself here and give an example of some. So my answer to you is: I think it's a product of React has been set up. The ecosystem has been set up to be flexible and extensible, and the team leads are finding new ways to do things at a rapid pace, and they are cool with show, They're younger, and they are able to do able to build in these new things fast introduce them to the community fast and the community is embracing it quickly and when you have all that working together they say why won't we why wouldn't we do this this is cool this is the way the development should be and if you look at a, a different stack or a different framework node and its history You can see there was an instance in the node community that almost fractured the entire thing. And it was because I think Joyent was the company that kind of was the supporter, owner of the repo, um, maintainer company. And there were a number of key development leaders. I think they had a board. They had a board of people that was largely joint or cronies of theirs. And there was a development part of the community that said, we want to keep upgrading node at a pace that is much faster than what you dinosaurs are willing to do. And the dinosaurs are like, well, we're in charge and we'll do it when we feel like it. And we have to support a lot of stuff. So we're not going to, we're not going to move at the pace you want. And so the development community said, we're going to fork it and then we're going to start going off on our own path. So then you, we got, I think it was I O, J S was the, the fork of node. Sure. And that lasted, that lasted about two to three months, maybe a little longer before finally, I mean, they started like IO just started going crazy with updates and moving at a pace that the node folks got scared because they were actually good features and good updates. It wasn't crazy, um, type of features that were like, no one will want this. It was more like, yeah, these the, we're, we've just lost our core development team. We don't have, we're not funding enough development ourselves to move forward. And it became a big risk for the maintainers of Node. So eventually they came back and I don't, I think there's a lot of people, if you got back on board with node in the last two to three, two to two years, you probably have no idea this ever happened because it was a rather quick and is a bump in the road in the history of node essentially. But my point is that when I go and talk about reacts moving too fast, I think the argument could be made that the React people say, "Look, if we don't do, if we don't rapidly innovate at this pace, we we have the risk that something like Preact or any of these other React clones are actually um, going to be a problem, Um, and they could be a big risk for us." So I can see both sides of the argument but i I still feel that the I feel like the community is complete the React community has no idea what it should be what tools it should be using for which problems. Right. I just don't feel like the communication from the top down has is good enough at this point to teach the community what they should be doing. Um, maybe they don't feel it's their responsibility. I can understand that, but it's one of those things where the stewards are moving at a pace faster than I think the business community is prepared to respond or adjust. Well, and,
1: and let's, let's take a very specific example to get back to where I wanted to get back to. And that's Redux, um, react came out and, and did its thing. And then Redux came in. I, I believe that's the piece Dan Abram, Abramoff brought in um, with the time machine and, and all that as well. It was it was a whole big piece of it. And what you had everybody doing was going, oh, now instead of just using React, I'll use React and Redux. And they were used to, to, to butcher a quote from Jurassic Park. They were so preoccupied with whether they should Use uh, could use React. But they didn't stop to think if they should, um, and of course I, I blew it. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> the uh, what you ended up finding out was people were building in Redux and pulling in this huge library of Redux, and not really using it for what it was for. Um, and, and so I think that's one of the problems that. Uh, the rapid pace of change and the rapid uh, pace of attention causes is everybody going, Oh, what's the new react thing? Oh, let me go use it. Whether I need to or not. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not anti-react at all. We uh, you and I had uh, Greg Pollock on um, CTO think a couple months ago um, talking about his, his view and his involvement with it with view and, um, and yeah. and I've gone back and forth between React and View, and the in the, in the little bit I've messed with each. Um, I started on React as as most people did, and then found View, and and I found View on the surface to be a little bit better, but as I dove in further yeah. and tried to build things, I found the um, the words escaping me at the moment. But the the way that you Um, the directives at the directives, the the two way, the directives, the directives within view felt so much like when I was trying to use angular. Um, and I didn't like that either. It, it just felt funky. Um, whereas it, 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 whereas I was much more comfortable with JSX, which is the, the part of react that people get allergic to as well. I didn't have as, as allergic reaction to JSX as I did to directives. Oh, and I didn't, I uh, did an
0: interview with someone and they told me point blank. They love Vue the view for the two way binding that directives gave you. And they hate JSX. They can never get around to yeah. it. So it's this huge divide in opinions because this person was exactly the opposite of you. Um, right. I, I guess I'm in the middle because I don't care. JSX works for me. View templates work for me. What I do have a problem with is the overuse of redux right so I agree with you 100 percent there on the use of that uh, particular and that
1: and now that's starting to go away right it feels like now it, yeah. we've had we've had a, a, a at least six months if not a year of people going, whoa, you probably don't need Redux when you think you do. Yeah. Um, that that they finally started to turn that ship um, to get people away from Redux and more to just use React. And when you need Redux, then pull it in. But double check that you need it first because we've got all these new fangled features um, to work with. Well, now, the, the the funny thing is, and 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 I'll, I'll just go over this quick story, and then I'll throw it back yeah, to you real cool. quick. The one of the reasons that I moved from being a day to day programmer into management, and this was this would have been probably nineteen ninety seven ish, nineteen ninety eight ish. When I was at IBM, I, I, I had the opportunity to, to stay as a programmer or to move into project management. And I went ahead and chose project management because at the time, I was concerned about the pace of change. And if I thought the pace of change was high in 98 compared to today, it, it, today is, is probably at least 10 times, if not 100 times, more that that things are changing rapidly i actually like it now more um that that things are changing i i i I, it's it's very interesting to keep up on all the new things um as long as it doesn't impact my day-to-day livelihood i guess is the best way to put it but i i mean i'm living on the
0: i'm living through the benefits of change like I'm getting these sure. I'm getting these interviews because I'm able to do employee technologies that people that businesses are feel that they're stuck in a rut where they can't keep up and they hire me to keep make make sure they keep up. But I, what I really want to tell people is quit trying to be cool. like yes. quit this crap of trying to keep up with the new cool stuff. Yes, you're going to lose some developers who want to try the new things, but what you want is software that works and software that's maintainable. And you can definitely get yourself in a situation of trying to do the bleeding edge and being even with the best developers and finding yourself with software that is not maintainable and not working very well you need to find a balance and you need to say, you know what? React came out with hooks. Great. Let's see what they do in a year with that thing. Right. Because React has released and killed their own tools before. Mixins got shelved. React router has updated itself. They won't even take responsibility for their own router And so that thing's changed four times in the last six years, maybe. Um, Right. Redux is one of those things that has evolved. And then you've got probably three other state management solutions that you can choose from. It's like, I just want to tell these folks, like, I know you feel the need after watching a video of someone acting like they know what they're talking about, but You need to. People need to be more discerning. More, they need to research and investigate these tools for their purposes, for their scenario, way more than they're doing. Because the problem, like you said, with Redux is if you talk to Abramoff about forms, like people are mapping every single event in a in a view to Redux. And that is a lot of events that you're probably tracking and then having an entire like life cycle going around with the state management related to that event. And now you put a form into a page, into a view, and you have three or four events firing for every click on a field or view for validation and options and stuff that is a huge amount of boilerplate for for redux and as i found way too much for what redux needs to be doing you do for a form only needs to maintain its state on itself you don't have to change every single bit of state in the entire app because someone's messing with a form on one section but I know why people are getting caught because there is a very, a really easy plugin or a package for Redux forms. I can't remember the name, but it's essentially this form builder that lets you easily create a form with validation and you don't have to do any boilerplate It's really easy to install, but it's tied to Redux. It's married to Redux. And I tried to use it a couple times on just a um, proof of concept type of thing. I'm like, this is overkill. And then Abramoff comes out and says, yeah, you don't really need to use Redux entire app state management for a form. I would probably not use it for that. But I don't know that people get that little clip of Abramoff saying that. I think they still see Redux is great. At the beginning, it seems easy. Seems much easier than managing state at like drilling down props and stuff on a multi-level component. But then they get caught in that, whoa, we are now in the weeds. We're now in the forest. We're like full of trees of redux, boilerplate action creators and reducers. And we don't need it. We don't need all that. Yeah. I think it's a... for sure. I think it's a like you talk about slippery slopes. I think it's just a big pothole in the middle of the road that people don't see coming and it's once you're in it,
1: I don't know how you get out, but well, and that's that that's part of the problem with um, re reacting with reacting to every change in react um, is you have to, you have to wait and let it, especially if you're, changing an already in production application that is working fine. Um, if you go in and you implement the newest thing in React, you haven't given it enough time to bake to make sure that six months from now, the community still feels the same way about that particular piece. Yes. Um, I, I, That's not, I'm not trying to say that the, the, the react team is being um, irresponsible with their releases because I'm sure they test it. They test it, what they're releasing. That that's not the the problem. It's more of a, does it meet what you need? Um, Is the, is there a body of work that says this is how we use this new react thing. So we'll use the hooks, for example, this these are the best practices for hooks. There yeah. is, there's simply no reason to change an application that's working to use the very newest thing without getting that body of work there first. Cause that th- there's a number of reasons. One, you don't know, you don't know really the full potential of what the, that new feature will do. Two, the documentation and the, um, the, the examples the, the the people using it the Stack Overflow and Stack Exchange um, posts about that newest feature aren't built. There's no there's no body of work there to go back and look at. So your developers are having to go out and break new ground. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked to Mark uh, Thompson, and yeah. that that's he was using a, a very new technology, and and he was finding documentation to be lacking. Um, and, and, and not necessarily just documentation, but also just real life examples. Yeah. Cause sometimes you, you need to reach out and see how other people are using it. So uh, I, I definitely am on the side of that's cool. That may be something to look into, but we need, we need to just chill on it for a little while and make, let, let other people experiment with it. The- we don't have to be the ones to experiment. True.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a, you can experiment with proof of concept side things, but don't yes. put it in, yes. you don't need to put it into your, like if your developers are itching to do new stuff, don't stop them. Just say, well, you need to prove to us this is worthwhile for our production app. So right. let them flex those muscles. It's kind of like an exercise in education and learning. If your developers are dying to do new things, give them the time to do it, but just don't do it in production. Do it on staging, do it on a branch. Um, Let them present on it. I mean, when I've talked to a lot of the companies, the the most impressive companies I've spoken to embrace um, internal hackathons. Um, They embrace, there's people... Learning new things and spiking on things like that; those are the best conversations I had with any prospective company I talked to. With the companies that embrace the idea that their their developers their developers are not working against productivity when they aren't work just because they're not working on production. There is an attitude out there by some that. Developers must be working on a new production feature or maintenance in order to be productive for the company. And my argument would be, if your developers are learning new things and exploring, that is also a key benefit to keeping a happy team and an educated team. But you don't have to do all that in production. It doesn't necessarily fit. But I'm going to segue real um, abruptly to a different issue on React that and this has to do with the node, the whole node environment, I think. Uh we you use Django for Aspire EDU and I use Rails. Right. And we use gems for our packaging um and our plugins and libraries. I'm not sure. What does Django use again?
1: I don't remember the, the name of what uh what the gem equipment.
0: It's not like a snake egg or some some kind of pun.
1: <laughs> not that I'm aware. <laughs> like I don't know.
0: I just don't know. What... So I'll call them Python pods, and people can yell at me later, like because I I forget what they use. But um, when you add gem to your server, um, to your backend Rails app. You don't have, there's no impact on the download necessarily for the user that's using your app because they are making a request and getting a web page back. They're not getting the gem. But when you install packages with React, you are adding an increasing, every package you add is increasing the size of the download necessary for the user to utilize the react app and companies that need to grow at scale can't just add all like new packages and new libraries on the fly like they have to think about what is the size of the bundle that we are sending the user when they use our application and In some way, React has been done well by saying, we're not going to include everything in our core core bundle because we need people to be able to have, you know, slim, um, lightweight downloads. But every time you add a new feature, Redux included, you are adding a big chunk of code to the download, to the bundle. Right. And... Then you get into the subjects of tree shaking, um, reducing, like lazy loading of packages, um, caching, that kind of thing, which is important. But what we were able to do in the server side dynamic languages of Rails and Django and not worry about, hey, I'm going to add this package to handle PDF creation. Cool. And it doesn't take up that much memory or size on our um, server or dyno. So no big deal. But Everything you add to your React app or Vue or or Ember, any front side framework, has an impact on what the user experience will be and what the the load on the browser will be. And it's really, it's a very significant thing to consider. So if you're chasing all this brand new stuff, you're going to have a pretty fat, heavyweight download at the end if you don't pay attention to those things. And I got, I kind of got that sentiment when I was talking to some previous folks I worked with and they were discussing the hooks. They're like, Hey, are hooks worth it. And one person piped up and said, they may, they may be worth it, but we're worried. We're focused right now on getting, getting crap out of our bundle that we don't need because our, all of our apps were too heavy when we started to really look at things at scale and i don't know i don't know how much the react community talks about that because efficiency is never the key goal of brand new stuff <laughs> and it seems like that's something that all people using a framework should be really paying attention to
1: yeah, and and I think that comes back to that body of work thing. That's that's what it takes six months to figure out is is how much impact on 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 your performance are these new things generating, um, positive or negative. Um, you're you're right that adding to the library size is is one thing, but just seeing how how it works out there in the real world is the other. Um, yeah, to, to answer the question, this this is obvious to anybody who's pretty much had to install just about anything on Linux. Um, for Python, it's a pip. I, I, it's it's called a package. Okay. You use pip install. Um, so that's the equivalent. So
0: yeah, like it. It's been interesting to me. Somewhat the 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 adoption level of react across small mid midsize and now big companies was rather impressive to me like i just did not realize that this many big companies which i don't really tend to work for or kind of go after how many had bought into react it is a it's been very rapid and people i've heard people ask why was why does facebook do this why do they open source this stuff and i'm like because you're training their future engineers (laughs) like (laughs) you every company every company that buys into react is training a potential engineer that can work on a facebook um code in the future and that's not to i'm not trying to say that facebook's gonna poach everybody you got just because they know react i'm just saying It's definitely advantageous for Facebook to be the stewards of a framework that the majority of the world is using, just as it's very valuable for Amazon to be the stewards of the most popular cloud-based service um, system for a huge amount of startups. Right. The, the, The data and the feedback and the ability to hire knowledgeable engineers. For these companies that are, I mean, Amazon and Google and Facebook, they battle each other on a labor level that no one really looks at. They think, oh, it's all about selling more stuff or selling ads or selling user data. But when you go and look at the Amazon, um, the beast of we're going to have like the the road show of headquarter two, that's all about employees, housing binding, sourcing. So these companies are all fighting on getting the best talent available and that's that's their kind of war front. And then you turn around and someone's like, well, this company makes all the hammers and and screwdrivers. And that's the advantage that they get because Facebook's not reselling a platform like Amazon, but they are selling or they are selling and maintaining the tool sets that people are using and that's a big deal um, i've always thought that i've always thought that the uh one of the biggest failures of apple was to not have created a react native tool um for development like they thought swift and objective c were going to do it and i feel like whoa you missed you really went the wrong way there by not embracing a tool that could publish to multiple native environments, you basically are shutting yourself out from being the, the tool producer of choice for native apps. And that's why you're seeing progressive web apps move up. And that what does that use? Largely, a lot of people use React and Vue and other front frameworks that will be in the future Probably one of the the main ways that people consume apps and app-like features will be through web-based technologies that Apple doesn't control. And that's just, I feel like they missed the boat on that. Um, But, you know, it's just one of those opinions,
1: things you see. Well, and and I find it interesting Um, what, if React, is like one of the the most popular things over the past two years. What I won't say language because not a language, but what piece, what 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 technology for developers is even more popular over the past year? Hmm. What is more popular? What is more popular? Is this is a question? Are you having a? This is a question. I. I. It's. It's a. It's a it's a rhetorical question. I won't I won't make this <laughs> stuff for too long. But what about VS Code? Oh, totally. totally. Yeah, VS VS Code. How quickly did the landscape change in code editing from from kind of a, a, a split universe to where yeah. everybody's like, I love Atom. I love Sublime. I love this. But VS Code's just better, and and the the reason I bring that up is Microsoft made VS Code. Yep. Facebook made React. Uh, you could go across a cut. Those two are the most obvious examples of where a company has put in money and resources. And it became the thing for developers, and and I, yeah. you want to throw Amazon and AWS in there? I won't argue that that belongs there as well. Okay. Um, Google, to some degree, does some of that, but their stuff doesn't seem to come across as as popular, and that that might be an interesting study to do as to why. But. If you look at all the other open source projects that are out there that don't have a big company backing, it takes a lot longer to get that kind of momentum. And I don't know, again, I don't know why that is. It's not like Facebook, I don't feel Facebook came out and said, you know, made a huge marketing push with, you know, Super Bowl commercials and everything like that to get everybody to use React. It just kind of happened. And because it had, a facebook stamp on it that kind of legitimized it a little bit more
0: Um, i i don't know i think i disagree with the yeah they didn't do a commercial marketing push but i think what i think facebook my my thought process is that facebook knew they had i mean their back end is uh started out as php and then they bastardized it into their own custom proprietary code base. And now right. to keep for scale, I'm sure they've got just a crap ton of different tools. So they couldn't really open source that. Um, but the front end piece, I feel like from day one, they strategically knew there was a need. Like You saw all of these different tools, Backbone, Knockout, um, Ember. There was a definite need for a more robust single-page app front-end JavaScript framework that people could build scalable applications with in with using kind of the benefits of a of a community and conventions. And I feel like that was a strategy from day one. And I think it's done better than they ever hoped. Sure,
1: does that make sense? It does. It does. But uh, I, again, I, I think I think there was some marketing, some marketing in within the developer community. But I don't think it was a hard sell. Um, it no. was it was more of just a hey, this exists. We think it works well. Why don't you try it? Um, I remember, and I'm I'm blanking on what podcast I was listening to. But I remember listening to a podcast before Abramoff joined Facebook um, where he was talking about what he was doing with Redux. Um, yeah. So it, it, they saw it and they brought him in and they hired him and then they released Redux. I think that was the order. Redux may have come out first and then they hired him. I don't quite remember the order. Um, but I, I again, why... why So let's take something like Django, Rails, things like that, that don't have, and I I, kind of even want to not use Rails as an example because it's kind of got a company backing too. Um, But other open source projects like Django, like Drupal, and I would even say like WordPress, although WordPress kind of caught fire. Yeah. it takes those open source projects longer to ramp up is it the the lack of a big company behind it uh legitimizing it is it the is it that there actually is marketing going on what what does it why does it take non company open source projects longer to ramp up is is i guess the 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 open ended question that I don't know that there's an easy answer for
0: well I mean I think it's because of the cool factor, sure, popular wins, sure. like popular popular what is popular is never justified like by like going back to why who why are the cool kids in high school cool? because as adults, you look back, you're like, why did we all idolize that kid? <laughs> You know, like I thought there was anything wrong, but it never made sense. Like why, what, what was about their personality or, you know, physical appearance that people gravitated towards it and we were suckers for it in high school. Well, it's the same thing I think in tech of Facebook at the time, I don't know what they are now, but at the time, Facebook on the engineering side was cool. If Netflix was releasing products that the mainstream would use, Netflix does such a very focused type of thing, but people still like to look at how they engineer. Spotify is popular too, but none of that, like they haven't released things that the people at large have cared about because streaming video is not a core feature for everyone. Right. And streaming music is not a core feature for everyone. But React is like the foundation level. And I feel that there's a popularity factor there that Facebook is able to do. And Basecamp was just on the fringe. So when they were supporting Rails, it was on the fringe. When was it University of Kansas Journalism Department? Is that where uh, Django started? Correct. Something like that.
1: Yeah, like something like that. It may come. have been may have been a newspaper, if I remember right, in Kansas.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know that. Like honestly, yeah. I haven't I haven't heard in Kansas City. I haven't heard a
1: peep of Django related work. That was going to be my next question. as like, I want I wanted to head none. there real quick. Is be, you you've been in Chicago many years. You yeah. moved to Kansas City, which isn't a suburb of Chicago, but isn't super far away either. Um, it's yeah. it's within the sphere of influence. It's 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 in the same area of of the country. But I always felt like your 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 view on rails was informed and shaped by the fact that you lived in Chicago, and Chicago may be one of the top what one or two rails hubs in the, in the country. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I always felt like your, your view on that was informed by that. What did you see in, in looking at Kansas city? Cause that, 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 that will probably change my opinion. The rails
0: people here largely feel like if, if they are a rails developer here, I feel they feel somewhat isolated. There's okay. not a ton of companies that are buying into it. And the companies that I've spoken to that chose Rails because of a developer that used to be on staff, their opinion tends to be like, we have trouble finding Rails does here. We made a bet based on the Midwest, what was coming out of Chicago, but we never got the the user base that we expected or the development, the engineering um, group that we expected.
1: Did, did did you get a feel for what what is being used in Kansas City? Uh, you you said you got no, no sniffs at, at Django. Um, I, based on what I've seen, I I seem to see a lot of Python out there. But uh, did you get a feel for that, or just because of what your resume said, you were limited to to what you saw?
0: Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't hear much from Django. Folks, but when I look at job boards and I've looked at like the positions, nothing remotely comes up in Python in Kansas City. Like, I just don't see it. I just don't see it talked about. So, like, when I talk, when I look at New York, when I look at San Francisco, I see it mentioned all the time. Um, But I don't, it's been odd to me that the community the python community here seems rather just not, not not that big when an hour away i mean 40 minutes away is where one of the biggest frameworks in python came to be right I, and i don't know how to explain it cuz i i mean i've met the guy that um, started django in chicago i think he lives in amsterdam now and i don't know obviously a university didn't care about um obviously a university did not care that much about promoting a open source framework that just wasn't their big goal i mean the the universities make money on and promoting getting a developer base around the code is just not their focus so I don't know. It's It's been it's only been a very short amount of time, but I have just been I just kind of want to ask out loud. And I haven't had I haven't met anyone I can ask what happened to Django being created about an hour away from here. Yeah. <laughs> and I just haven't got an answer.
1: Yeah. And you're, you're you're absolutely right. It was it was the Lawrence Journal World Newspaper. So it was the uh, Lawrence being where University of Kansas is um, that where they created it. And and that that's that's an interesting parallel to Drupal. Drupal was created in uh, Dries' Dries's, um dorm room yeah. in Belgium. Uh, so so very similar. And I don't know right off the top of my head. I don't know the origin of WordPress, um, but I, I uh, it's probably very similar. So anyway, I, that I thought it was interesting to get your perspective on on. How you felt the Rails impact changed once you got out of Chicago. Um, so so that's that's interesting as well.
0: Well, I, I can definitely say that I have had discussions with people about when I talk about Rails in my background, they ask me, what are your thoughts about Rails? Because we're not that into it anymore. And When I ask them why, it's not about Rails is old and doesn't do the job. It's we just can't find developers for it like we used to. Right. Everything's moved to this JavaScript world Node, React, React Native, blah, blah, blah. And so people keep, uh, people have asked me, is Rails dying? And I'm just like, no, it's not dying. It's really about the fact that the taste of development and engineering changes and it may not be justified, but it happens. And the rails folks don't necessarily care if they are the popular
1: kids anymore. They are
0: getting stuff done.
1: It's maturing like, like Java matured, like, like some of your older languages matured to where the demand and supply kind of equaled out. Um, and and when Rails was really hot, you had a lot of people learning Rails, so there was a there was a good supply of uh, Rails knowledge. But as the cool thing became JavaScript, or or the new newfangled things within JavaScript, because JavaScript is, uh, I believe, older than Rails, um, the newfangled yeah. things in JavaScript, then that developer-focused change, right? If, if you'd gone to boot camps, what, five, six years ago, they would have been teaching Rails.
0: Yeah, they all did. That's yeah. how they
1: started. They all you, are getting away from it. Yeah. You go, you go now, what are they teaching? They're teaching JavaScript. They're teaching Node. They're yep. teaching React. And if you do Node and React, you pretty much can do a lot of things. Um, you can build. Oh, you can do full-stack.
0: Yeah, you can do full-stack. And now Python is catching fire on the data side, which as it should. Nothing, nothing gives you a more robust, robust set of tools than Python. Sure. um, In that, in that respect. I
1: always liked R when I was, when I was doing some study on data science, I, I preferred R to Python, but that was just me. So, um, yeah,
0: there's something else I was going to say about, uh, the stacks, um, I guess there. This is more of a CTO think discussion, but you know, and maybe we've talked about this before. But keeping up with the stacks, like keeping like as a as a manager as a leader, trying to know and keep up with the different stacks available, I think can be a distraction. Um, at the end of the day. When if we're if we're a leader in tech, or as we talk about on this old app, we're hands-on, heads-down developers. Because you you mentioned I'm a manager, or I switched into management for my career, but you've always been dabbling. You've been doing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: That 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 was for the you know that was for the nine to five. I gotta feed my family um, decision.
0: Yep. And at the end of the day you're trying to solve a business problem and technology looks like using some kind of technology is likely a way to solve that problem. And your responsibility is to ask, can we solve the problem with this framework or package with this tool? Can we maintain it? And will I be able to find developers or do it myself? over time over the long haul and if you built something with angular or ember or knockout js or backbone i'm st- i would st- you, it may not be easy for, in every instance to find a developer for those but it's not impossible fortran is next to impossible but you can still find people learning that sure um, You are not going, if you focus on having everything brand new, it's like trying to buy a brand new BMW every year. And like, maybe you can afford it, but do you need it? Like, that's kind of the question. Like, I thought the whole idea of a BMW is that it lasted over time. So, I I think my point I'm trying to make is you can make a bet on in a good number of front end frameworks that are still being maintained, that are, they still have engineers learning new tools that there's tutorials out there. There's conferences, there is a body of people working with it. And you're not going to like, you don't need to constantly think that you're going to be obsolete because you decided to choose a framework. it may, you just, you're going to have to make a bet and then focus on solving the problem. Quit focusing on using every brand new shiny object that comes out with around those things. That's kind of what I really wanted to say to people (laughs) about all of this. And I can't say it in an interview, although I will, (laughs) I'll, I'll part with this. If you tell me you're going to use MongoDB on your app and you can't explain to me why I ain't working for you. No way in hell am I working for you. Like you have to tell me why you chose it. And there's good reasons why you may use a document sure. data store. If you can't tell me why you chose it, um, then there's a big problem there because that, that is when you look at the tried and true data tools out there and you can't explain why you use one persistence source um, out of a uh, persistent store versus another. And then I'm like, I'm scared to death of what else you've chosen. Right. Because it's a, that's a big, that's a big deal. Well, they
1: just, they just needed your technical leadership to, to guide them through those decisions.
0: To say no. Is that <laughs> what you meant? <laughs> I mean, I'll still, I'll still use it, but it's more of just tell like, know why you're choosing these tools. Don't do it because it's popular. Popular doesn't fix. Popular doesn't solve problems. Let's put it that way. So anyway, rant over
1: <laughs> for now. Well, very good. Thank you. Uh, the, the, uh, I do I do think uh, I do think everybody's needs to probably at least pay attention to what reacts doing because it is it is what's on fire at the moment. And yep. just don't fall fall for every new thing that comes out. <laughs> so.
0: Just because react says the word hook doesn't mean you need to be. That's the part. Yeah. Very good.
1: All right. <laughs> See you soon. Later.
0: Thanks for listening to This Old App. Show notes and previous episodes can be found on our website at www.thisoldapp.online. Reviews on Apple iTunes are always appreciated and help promote the show. For questions, comments, or things you would like to hear on future shows, please email us at hello at thisoldapp.online. Show music is Guns Blazing by Fab Claxton, licensed by Pond5. Voiceover work by MeganVoices.com.
1: You'll hear from us soon.